This is Required Watching, where we watch the essential films from lists of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm your host, Trey Epson. Today, today, this, this movie, <laughs> this movie is written by James Gunn, starring Chad, Chad Woody uh, Iwuji, so sorry about the pronunciation, Bradley Cooper, Palm Clementine, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillian, Gillen, <laughs> Vin Diesel, Chris Pratt, and this movie is about, it's about Peter Quill, who's still reeling from the loss of Gamora, and he rallies his team to defend the universe, and one of their own. It's a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. This is Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. We were gone for quite a while. No matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Hello, we come in peace. <laughs> come on, Drax. Seriously, dude? No, 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 no! <laughs> Listen, we are watching this movie because we watch a lot of movies here, and honestly, it it felt important to talk about. I'll take these off. I'll take these off. Why not? It, this movie felt particularly important to talk about as uh, this is the end of the Guardians trilogy that um, honestly feels like the most poignant movie in, in, in Marvel for quite some time. It felt like the most impressive movie in Marvel in quite some time. It felt... It felt quite satisfying in a run of movies from the cinematic universe that has sometimes been flat. Um, and this one had a lot of tension and drama and, and laughs and, and it had a lot of things that I think I was hoping for in a Marvel movie and over, over the last year or so that I was failing to get. Um, so I thought it was important to talk about it, but I guess in, in order to talk about this movie, we should talk about Jonathan majors. And I, <laughs> he, him and his character Kang do not show up in this film whatsoever, and I think that's an absolute great thing. And it has very little to do with uh, the troubles that Jonathan Major is going through in real life. Um, but I felt like it's important to talk about because I think there's a lot of people who, I don't know, I, th I feel like you, people it's too like it's very decisive. People are either rallying behind or against, and. Um, I would say up until the allegations, I was very much for Jonathan Majors. I think he's a tremendous actor, and I think there's nothing that can take that away from him. Um, and it, I think, yeah, and I think, I think, I, I think, you know, I, 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 won't, I won't have an opinion on what's going on with him. I think there's evidence to prove or disprove the things that he, you know, the allegations that he has against him. So I won't speak about that. But in terms of in terms of his character Kang, I do feel like it's important to talk about like. What a shame it is that Kang is failing in the way that it is. Kang, again, not not Jonathan Majors, but Kang. He showed up at you know in Loki, and I could, I can't even tell you the amount of joy that everyone felt when when he was there and Loki, which I think was a great series. Um, can't wait for season two. But the the joy that people had for him there just kind of isn't translating into some of the other movies and some of the other moments in which he's showing up. And I think that's a shame. I think as we get more in line with the multiverse, 
Um, it feels like we are inching into the multiverse and we're not really deep diving into it. We're not really getting into it the way we should. And it's a shame because I think Jonathan Majors as an actor really handles the way, you know, these different Kangs. And um, it makes me a bit sad to know that Kang is not involved with one of the best Marvel films in the last few years. And I think that all stems from Marvel fatigue. And there's a lot of series, there's a lot of movies, there's a lot going on. I think Star Wars is entering that phase now where there just seems to be a lot going on with a certain series with a certain world and when you start to lose your sense of being grounded it's hard for audiences to keep up when there's a new series new characters new new worlds within this you know this major world that it's being built it feels like we we're getting a bit of whiplash and i think in terms of marvel specifically i don't remember a time where i I know that I most certainly the completionist side of me has kicked in where I felt like I needed to watch these films less than me wanting to watch them because of the next exciting thing to come through. Um, more so because of the sheer disappointment that I felt after a few of these films, but neither here nor there. Um, another thing uh, that kind of struck me as I was gearing into this is all of the actor talk about about uh leaving the roles of 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 the characters we had um Zoe Saldana saying it's the last time she'll play Gamora we had Dave Bautista saying it's the last time she'll play uh he'll play um Drax uh, I'm pretty sure we had someone else speaking about kind of their last time and being able to put these characters to bed and I went into this thinking oh my gosh someone's gonna die and I don't think the Guardians as as a whole in the Marvel Universe play a huge part, but I think when you look at the series, when you look at what <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy is the Fast and the Furious of of, <laughs> of the series, where they're all about, you know, these misfit toys being brought together and they're all about their family. They're all about keeping each other safe and, and you know, doing what's right, even if it's a bit gray and they have to do some things wrong in order to get there. Um so even in order to see some of these character deaths, I was really excited about, and of course nothing um of course after seeing my after seeing the film my expectations um i think my expectations were slightly higher just because again the deaths knowing that this was you know everyone kept talking about how this was the last series last uh last movie in the series and it didn't even occur to me that that is nowhere near true uh at the very end spoiler alert we get a note saying that you know a, a little end card that says that the legendary star lord will return and it didn't even, it didn't even, I didn't even think about the idea that, of course, these characters are going to come back in some way, shape, or form. It may not be all of them, the way we know them now, but they will return because we still need to make money. We still need to have these crossovers. We still need to do um, business, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, but I, I am hoping that there are a lot of stories that are, are that people are waiting to tell with these characters. And yeah, I, I listen. Where I, where I sit with the MCU right now is I'm a completionist. I think I've put a lot of time, effort into these films and into this universe. And much like a lot of you, I I um I'm, I'm waiting for it to pick up. I'm waiting for that culmination that is you know the, the next few phases of this thing to to really fall in love and find these moments where we can all collectively have this cinematic gasp you know celebration or sadness uh like we did with endgame but 
honestly, we'll see. Um, should we do some fun facts? All right. Uh, Cosmo Sex is female in the film because it's a tribute to the to uh, Laika. Uh, Laika, the Russian dog, one of the first animals in space. Uh, James Gunn and Chad Iwuji uh, worked very, very hard to make the high evolutionary dark, a uh, dark and irredeemable character focusing on his traits of single-mindedness, narcissism, and uh, zealotry. Uh, traits held by the most horrific figures in history. Nathan Fillion uh, has played a character, a different characters in all three films. Of course, uh, in this one, he played Master Karja. Uh, he also appeared in, uh, he also appeared as a CGI character, monstrous, uh, monstrous inmate. And in Volume Two, he was uh, he was on film posters in in the background as as the actor Simon Williams, aka Wonder Man. Um. Karen Gillan, I'm sure you guys seen this on, on social media, Karen Gillan accidentally scheduled a couple's therapy session on the day she was shooting a scene for the movie and subsequently appeared in this uh, appeared on the session in full Nebula makeup. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. It's hilarious. Um, uh, and if a wonderful callback is when Drax refuses to share his arc nuts with Mantis, it's because of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special where she ate all of his without permission. I thought that was funny. I, I actually really loved the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I probably should have reviewed it. It was really, really good. If you haven't checked it out, do. Um, one of my favorite things is that this is the first time the MCU movie uh, has an uncensored fuck. Uh, yeah, swearing. Swearing happened in this film. And it happened once. And apparently, Feige approved it wholeheartedly. And no regrets. So... There's that. There's some maturity in, in the House of Mouse, which I personally love. And I uh, I like that we're able to see some of these people go through things that a lot of them say, you know, bad words sometimes, because we all have that have those moments. Um, yeah, I think I'll stop there. Um, I, I don't know, or I'm not sure if I ever remembered the fact that James Gunn written and directed all three of these movies. And it's such a shame to see him go to DC after this. And it took me a while to remember that he was actually fired from the Guardians movie or taken off the Guardians movie for a bit. And then, um, and then he was reinstated and we don't have to get into all of that stuff, but I think it was really fun. Okay. okay I think it's, I, th I think, I think I'm now more interested in seeing where DC lands just in the way that James Gunn creative mind works um, as a director, as a producer, as a writer um, to Feige, who I believe has only re really produced. Uh, I, I think those are really different heads of state and um, it all comes down to creative decisions, but I'm interested to see how they both play it because they're, they're dealing with a lot of um, beloved characters. So anyways, in terms of scene stealers, I think, Maria Baklova, 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 um, who replaces Miley Cyrus as Lucky. Uh, I just I hear her voice and I just miss her. I feel like, I feel like, you know, she can't, I believe her very first film was Borat and she had this energy and charm about her that I really love seeing around every, every, every now and again. And I feel like we should really, like, she, we should focus on her a bit more. And I hope she gets a chance to shine in other films because she actually is really great. And, uh, yeah, say what you want. I think she's great. Um, also, shout out to my guy, Sean Gunn. I mean, I just, every time I see his face, I think of Kirk and Gilmore Girls, and I don't care what anyone says. Like, that will always have a special place in my heart. 
lastly, Bradley Cooper, who has never done any press for this movie, who has uh, so much more of a lead role in this film uh, than you know than other ones, <laughs> and it's it's I, I don't know. I think it's great. I think that hit, like this voice uh, voice acting and uh, like Vin Diesel's Groot and his one line that's very very different. Um, I don't know. I I just think it's really fun to have like these really big celebrities play play these roles and have you know and especially with Bradley Cooper have him at the forefront, uh, a reason, a uh, main protagonist, if you will, in, in this film. Anyways, if there was one thing I could do to make this movie better, I'd love to see what Star-Lord would be doing on Earth. It's actually not a joke. I'd love to see what he's doing on Earth. He's, since, uh, since episode one, since the first film, I would have loved to have seen, um, yeah, I think, I think I just would have loved to have seen what he would have gotten up to had he just like been caught up on things on Earth and been able to deal with this world that's alien to him, ironically. Um, and I hope we still do get to see that. I hope if it is Chris Pratt that's coming back as the legendary Star-Lord that we are able to get a chance to see what in the world that he's up to and how we initiate him back into the universe. But I want to see him on Earth because I don't think we get enough um, enough stories like this. Like, he has all this tech that, like, I don't know. It's, it, everything's so alien compared to what it is on Earth. Like, I know we have Spider-Man on Earth who's doing a lot, but that's complicated. But anyways, I'd love to see what's going on there. Anyways, uh, is this required? I, yes, actually, I do think it's required. I think it's really, really good to watch these uh, three movies as a series and see how we end and really round out your characters. We have a lot going on in between films that you just don't get if you only watch the three. However, I do think there's a lot to be learned about how to tell a complete story um, in three films. I mean, what, we haven't had that since like a few Spider-Man movies. It's, it's, it's truly remarkable to have one person kind of tell this story. And I'm sure it's not without input from people in, in, in corner offices, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's complete. Now, like all Guardians of the Galaxy movies, the playlist, uh, or the soundtrack anyway, is, is a huge deal. Of course, we got a cassette in, in the first one, a CD in the second one, and then we had a Zune in, in the third one. And the problem with the Zune, I think, I think I'm real, if I'm being super critical, I did not like the music on, on this uh, film. It just felt un, um, unloved. It, it didn't feel like it was given the right pizzazz. It doesn't feel like it was fitting in the same way music fit in the other two movies. So I'm making a mix of 10 songs from the 90s and 10 songs from the 2000s. Um, let's say the first 10 years of the 2000s. And I'll have a link somewhere here for you to listen to it and check it out. And let me know what songs you would have added to this or what songs I'm completely off about. And I think it'll fit the like, complete tone of this of this film much better than the actual soundtrack. I know that's a wild thing for me to say, but I do think that this was not done properly. Um, but with that, Required Watching is a film club. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Do me a favor and subscribe and comment and, and do those things that I need, uh, I need from you to, to feel supported and listened to and watched. Um, uh, and until next time, we're a film club. So let me know what we should be watching next. Of course, we'll try to check out some things in theaters. We'll try to check out some things that we still haven't seen on that list. But let me know. Is there anything I should be watching, reading, playing? Tell me. Until next time, guys. Peace.